0: Welcome to the Lady Lawyer League podcast. They're a league of lady lawyers in an all-female law firm in Omaha, Nebraska called Hightower Ref Law. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of what it's like to be a lady lawyer and an entrepreneur. Now it's time to talk about the law, share real-life stories about representing clients, and discuss the current events of the week. It's the Lady Lawyer League podcast with Susan Ref and Tracy Hightower-Henny. All right, on today's podcast, we have an extra special guest, Brent Rasmussen from Mortgage Specialist, and he's going to talk all about mortgages as it relates to divorce. Uh, We aren't going to fall asleep because Brent's really exciting. Um, So welcome, Brent.
1: Thank you, Tracy, for having me today. No one falls asleep because I'm too loud, so I can keep them up.
0: Great, good, good. Good and uh also we have tara wrighton an associate attorney from hightower ref law with us as well so welcome tara thank you this is tara's first time on the podcast as well it is. Because she just created a human I recently. did create a whole human. <laughs> the all. second time doing it. Yep, I did it twice.
1: Wow. Yeah. I congratulations to you.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Making two
1: humans. No How old's your m- first human?
0: He's, he's four.
1: Four. Yes. Oh, okay. That's a good spread then, between four and it's zero. Fair,
0: it's a fair spread. Four and he's, zero. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Is math correct in yeah. that? I don't know what you call a newborn, zero? That's <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, he's four months. Nice. the size of a nine-month-old. Oh. He's big. He's huge. I love it. Yeah. Was your first one that big? Um, he was fair. He was pretty big, but but he like evened out, you know, and he was pretty like true to <laughs> true to size, like true to age, like average 3-month old, average 4-month old. This one mm nope this, <laughs> nice, huge. this zero year old <laughs> this year,
1: this that's right they do months I forget about that mine's 14's so I forgot you gotta use months for the first yeah. weeks right weeks then we, months we, then you use years months.
0: I feel like I, people say like my kids 24 months it's like you can say two
1: yeah you so what does it change from weeks to months once you get to three two what's I, I, the rule of thumb I I for that after
0: two years. 51 weeks <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> see that's too long I'm thinking
0: 110 weeks <laughs>
1: That would be and weird. How old
0: is Jack now? He's oh 250 God. weeks old.
1: That sounds like some an actuarist would come up with, like <laughs> yeah. an insurance underwriter. They'd be like...
0: Speaking of, and these like mortgage people,
1: there's know, a lot of numbers
0: in, in the mortgage world, and then the underwriters get involved, and then like everything gets all messy.
1: Yeah? So I don't what? think so.
0: Well, I don't either, because I just
1: call you. Yeah, that, well, we appreciate that. That's yeah. what we do. We try to do. Because that's the problem, I think, is that it's not the underwriter that messes up, it's the person that's supposed to prepare the underwriter it's kind of like when the judge goes in there and probably and messes everything up probably maybe oh, i'm yeah. wrong like people yes. didn't do their job to get to the right point is yes. what I, my take is
0: yeah yeah judges mess up a lot of things yeah <laughs> yeah they come in and we're like listen we had this all set you just needed to sign our version of the yeah. decree and then you did something different
1: oh that happens a lot yeah okay i
0: feel like that's a, like an underwriter thing too yeah
1: yeah and the people the, but the, the attorneys do their job ahead of time
0: Yes, that. They did. Well, at least at this office.
1: Right, right. I get. Yeah. yeah, you guys do, of course. Yeah. But, no, I'm seeing it happen when I get calls is that the loan officer somewhere else didn't know the rules, and then they just blame the underwriter when it's like that was a rule the whole time, and they should have just known the rule, and instead they just say, "Oh, this just came up." It's like. It doesn't just come up because that's been a rule. Like It's kind of like it's like law. Like, like You know what the law weeks. is.
0: It's been a rule for 51 weeks. Right, yeah. totally. <laughs> We're
1: like 370,000 weeks. It's been a rule that long. Yes. It's kind of like it's a law. It's a reason that we have these things we put in place, right? Yeah. Yeah, anyways, that's my pet peeve.
0: Okay, so tell us about you, Brent, and how you became a mortgage specialist.
1: Yeah, so I, um, just after school, college, um, I was actually doing some financial planning, and I liked helping people, and I liked dealing with numbers, but I just didn't see that being my long term, and I got lucky. I got, went on a lunch appointment with one of my Associates at the place I work with and I met uh, my college coach's son who was starting a mortgage company And I just kind of fell into the mortgage business right out of college And I really enjoyed it because you are helping people and it's all about numbers and I like that stuff and I like Guidelines rules, you know laws that type of stuff structure. So I started uh, doing that in 2001 and then in 2004 I started mortgage specialists, and uh, been doing that ever since. So and that's the what rest I do. is history. There you go.
0: Susan really hates that term. I don't know why.
1: The rest Every is history. Every time I
0: say that, she's like, no, it's not. The rest <laughs> is the future. What are you talking oh, about?
1: Oh, <laughs> I didn't die, I guess. You're right. The rest is history. Yeah. You die or something. So, yeah. So I really love what I do, because I, it's helping people, it's answering questions, and that's just what I like to, to make myself big educator. So I'm glad you guys are doing this to get the right information out there, because I know some people, you know, we can run into it. Now everything can be found on the internet, and they think that's all true, and that's not always the case, right?
0: Yes. We get that
1: all the time. Can't get a divorce on the internet. Google, well, you can, <laughs> but...
0: Google cannot tell you the law. <laughs>
1: neighbor. Yeah? Your neighbor? Your neighbor's
0: friend doesn't know the law no. as well as the lawyer. But
1: what about their mom or dad? Because they know the mortgage rules too.
0: Especially when they pay for the divorce, the mom and dad that pay for the divorce are like, I want to know everything and I want to be um, in the know about everything.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, no, mom and dad sometimes ruin it all the time. Like, when's the last time mom and dad bought a house? Oh, 40 years ago. Oh, I guess the rules haven't changed since
0: and their house is 1976
1: paid off. or whatever. Yeah, is. Right? Yeah. So yeah, no, I get it for sure.
0: <clears throat> okay, so mortgage world is all about the rules too?
1: Completely about the rules. I thought
0: you just kind of like, or are like, eh, you look like you could qualify for a house, looks good.
1: No, but that's what people <laughs> do still think, that they think it's an emotional yes. game. They walk in and say, okay, they tell you the long stories and why they're better than someone else and i said that's great but unfortunately we can create standardized rules so that we're not discriminating against someone because if someone that came in was caucasian and someone came in that was indian then all of a sudden we trade this person differently than this person and so there is so much law and that's why i like to educate i do a lot of education and teaching myself but is that the loans that we do are all standardized through the secondary market like fannie mae freddie mac fha va these rules are nearly black and white and people don't realize that so as long as we memorize those rules and know what we can do and we can't you're in good hands but i can tell you that's why experience makes a difference when it comes to going with someone getting a loan or anything you do in my opinion yeah so yeah
0: yeah, and speaking of education, I mean, you you have a newsletter every month, week?
1: Yep, every month. We have actually two or three different newsletters now that go out. One comes to you yeah, guys, we uh, get it. specializing in divorce, and then we also give a general one to our clients as well, too. Um, because when I started, I didn't get the education. And it was like, here, here's here's a computer and a phone. Figure it out. And so I said, well, how do you do this, right? So I, that's why I feel so important to educate our clients, because I went and did that for myself. and through five certifications later, one happened to be in divorce, I feel like I have a little bit more, oh, information to pass on to people, do it right, versus just trial and error. And I see people try that and that doesn't work.
0: Right, it messes up literally like the American dream, right?
1: Totally, because yeah. you can get so close to closing on buying a house and you're a week before closing. And we get a call, I would say once a week that somebody went online to a lender or somewhere else and they're not closing. And I ask them the question, what happened? And they're like, well, this thing <laughs> came up. I'm like, well, you couldn't have done that two weeks ago or five weeks ago because that rule has always been in place but they just don't know because they think just probably similar to you guys that we're just a commodity like there's every mortgage company across town there, you know it shouldn't be different but we all play by the same rules uh, it's just a matter of how well do you know the rules and how well yeah. can you get that person through the process to make it easy and, and nice on them for sure
0: yeah and speaking of trying to do it on your own i always think I like to look at mortgage calculators weirdly, you know, like if I'm going to refinance my loan or something, and then all of a sudden I have the pop-ups of like, help us or let us help you refinance your loan. And I'm like, I would never think of doing that, you know, and it's similar to LegalZoom, someone using LegalZoom for their divorce or something like that, where it's not an actual person because everyone's situation is so unique.
1: Right. And all those websites now are basically lead generation companies. So once you put your information in there, you're going to get called from like five or ten people. And then they call us like, oh, my God, I did something wrong. I need some real help now because these people are calling me. And they don't really care about you. That's the thing with the online places is that... I'm here local, and if I mess up, you're going to come to my office, Tracy, and say, (laughs) what's going on, Brent? We got to get this figured out, you know? And so we have that reputation that we know that's going to, you know, that's going to happen. But it's hard to find the right information, even with interest rates. People think, oh, everybody should just get the same interest rate. And there's there's all different rates depending on what you're trying to accomplish. And I get it. People just want to know, hey, what's the going rate today, right? And it's just like, well, what are you trying to do? And so they think going online will give them the answer, but you're right, right. That doesn't. it gets them in a big spiral. Yeah, big
0: can be problematic. Yeah. Okay, tell us about your certification as a divorce mortgage specialist.
1: Yeah, I'm a CDLP certified divorce lending professional and so Ooh. I did that. Yeah, that's a lot Initial of words, <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, so do you Fancy. have a lot of initials you can put behind your name? Oh. and
1: people like always like to quiz me when I'm <laughs> instructing continuing education. Like, do you know what those really mean or do you just make those up? You could use so. those
0: initials in Wordle.
1: <laughs> oh, really? They're not, Wait, None of them are none of our five letters, though. Oh, well, Three or four letters as well. Put some five
0: letters in there and see what happens. Try
1: that. My CMC, CRMS, CDLP, CVLS, and my CMA. Oh, my. See, I even have memorized. <laughs> y- oh,
0: there are a lot of Cs for the certifications. Certifications, yeah. yeah.
1: So, but the divorce one, I would tell you, out of all the certifications I have, probably one of the hardest ones I went through because... We would we'd probably spend about two or three weeks of classwork to just obtain the, the information and knowledge to pass the test. And after that's after me being in lending for 20 years. So a wow. lot of it comes down to on the CDLP side of the world is obviously the legal side. There's enough of what you guys do. Obviously, we're nowhere close to what you guys can help your clients with. But a lot of it is the tax law side of it to make sure that what you're making decisions on buying and selling is not going to cause you just hundreds of thousands of dollars later. And again, we're not tax professionals, we can't give tax advice, but when we see something that we know, hey, let's get a CPA involved or their accountant involved to make sure they're not going down this path of having huge issues later on. And that's the big key I think with any of this stuff is make sure to get the right professional to get the right information.
0: And I think that's exactly why you're here. You know, We refer a lot of our clients to you because we know First of all, we know you're smart. Now I know all these letters you have <laughs> behind your name, um, but also like I like to send people to you sometimes to be the bad person. You know, I will often look at a client's situation and and they are interested in keeping the house and they want to refinance it into their own name because they need to do that to take the spouse's name off. And I am looking at what I know and they have a whole bunch of debt mm-hmm. and then the mortgage. Loan is very high and I know how much they make and I'm like, "Ooh, Brent is going to tell you you cannot <laughs> refinance that. But I need I'm going to have Brent tell you that. <laughs> not me. Right. Um, because I think sometimes clients are so emotional in the divorce process that that's one less thing they get to keep. Right. And, and oftentimes it is really traumatic thinking um, about losing the house that the kids are used to and all of that. Um, but I think that you know because what you do is so black and white, it's really helpful that you can say you just don't meet the qualifications. It's not personal, um, and sometimes coming from me, it feels personal.
1: I, I completely agree, and I'd have would recommend all clients talking to someone else to make sure they're getting the right information. You know, we joke in the industry. I was at a conference yesterday, and I had to speak at a panel, and. Us mortgage people refer to us as dream killers, you know, because like everybody comes in and their ideas. God, what do they
0: do? What do they refer to the divorce lawyers as? I know, I was going to say I sometimes feel like a dream marriage murderer. Solidarity.
1: <laughs>
0: That's our new billboard: marriage murderers. <laughs> Contact the divorce experts. <laughs> there you go. High There's a
1: new phrase. Carrie's yeah. not
0: here today. We'll, we'll let Carrie know.
1: <laughs> because people do get upset with us. Like, well, don't you understand I want to do something? And I'm like, unfortunately, we can't be emotional with this. We'd love to be. And I, that's why I like spending a lot of time in divorce. Uh, a couple of friends were like, why are you doing this? You know, because they're like, oh, you're this, you know, guy that's just, you know, because all whole idea like, oh, you're going after these you know, divorced females and stuff. You know, <laughs> they get this idea, right? You ever heard of this before? Oh, oh my god, like, it's always that like that's
0: your reputation. Yeah, oh, that you're no, like one
1: of those I've people. Never. Not that we are, but like I've always heard these stories, and people like, well, how do you want to go work on divorce? That's a lot of work." And I'm like, "But actually, it's like." It's a challenge to me because yeah. after some of the stuff that we do we do it all the time We know it so at least here you can develop a plan you can help people like in their, in their Darkest times like try to get a solution not just like <laughs> oh, let's just crank out some rules And so it does take a lot more work Which a lot of our my CLP was also with arbitration and actually working with people and and getting you know Both sides to kind of come to a, yeah. an agreement and a happy medium not just one party getting everything they want, right? Well,
0: and I know you talk about your own divorce experience Mm -hmm. a lot, too, and, you know, having gone through that and then what we know of how stressful it is, too, just going through a divorce.
1: Yeah, and I've I've been through it, and actually, um, I don't know, for for me, having a little bit of understanding of it, it's probably one of the reasons why I went and... Push to become certified in divorce. Uh, Mine went very, very well. I was very, very organized, and we actually get along very, very well. And we sat together and had meetings and agreed on most everything. But even then, it's no matter how well you're trying to finalize or finish that situation it's still stressful i think one of the most stressful times i've ever been through is i've never i've been to court but when they put me on the stand just to you know agree to this is what you agree to yeah i was like sweating to death i'm like how is yes. this so nerve-wracking when you're just like you've spent nine months working on this and it's it's a super stressful time to make decisions and what are you going to do with your future where you're going to live where the kids are going to do just it's it's stressful i get it yeah. so if we can help alleviate some of that that's the idea of why i feel like we can help
0: yeah. Well, and another thing that in today's market that's really stressful, too, is the market and and what's happening and not happening. And I think, you know, we were just talking about a client we just referred to you and this person really wants to buy a house. And so I sent him to you and said, go figure out if you're able to qualify for a loan. And you reminded me that Tracy, that's fine. He can qualify for a loan, but there are literally no houses. hmm. And so the information that we sometimes have to tell clients is, you might have to rent for a year or two. Right. And that's really hard for clients to hear.
1: It is, because I think for some reason, you know, the idea of being successful is, you know, owning your own home and having the white picket fence, you know, and having that family. And then you're losing both things. You're losing your home and your family. And all of a sudden, I did the same thing. You feel like a failure. Like, wait a second. Like, you know, you... Even though you might not have failed, I don't know what the exact terminology is, but you do feel like you're losing everything you got and home home is like where you feel protected and safe. I mean, look at last two years, of the pandemic, you know, people locked themselves in their home and that's where they feel safe. They don't feel like they yeah. they have to go out and do all that stuff. But when you're telling people, yeah, you might not be able to buy something, not because you're not ready or you're not qualified, the market just not might not allow you to buy something and so have a backup plan of some kind like an apartment and I don't think especially you know as you mentioned sometimes after divorce your life's gonna change. And I tell a lot of my clients too, it's like, hey, I know you're not really thinking about dating other people and getting in another relationship, but statistics show you probably will. And at some point in time-
0: Despite them telling you at the very beginning, I am never getting married <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah, six months later. get remarried. <laughs> and then sometimes they come back for their second or third divorce with us.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, we see it then, this housing, like, you know, they go buy this little house <laughs> and they're gonna meet somebody in a year, and then all of a sudden they're removing their house again. So it's like, oh, you know- it's too little. Yeah, because oh. then they're gonna merge houses right so it's kind of like you know maybe give yourself a little bit of time in an apartment meet some people you know meet who you're gonna meet and then you can make your decisions and not saying that don't go buy a house I'm not saying that at all but have somewhat of a plan because you will meet somebody I see it all day long then they come back with their new spouse and we do another loan and we buy a bigger and better house and they move on
0: I just recently told the client that said I will never get remarried again and I paused and it was a phone call and I didn't say anything and he goes, Okay, I know it might happen, but I'll have I'll talk to you first. And I said, Yeah, and we'll do a prenuptial thing
1: This time around. And yeah, he's like, Yeah,
0: okay, great. It made him feel better. For sure. But yeah, they all get remarried. They um, do and sometimes people have to wait the six months because mm-hmm. you can't get remarried until six months after your divorce and sometimes they're like six months in a day <laughs> well remarried. sometimes divorces oh last gosh. can last like two years if there's a lot of conflict yes. and so in that time a lot can happen 104 weeks Do <laughs> oh, yeah. i did that math really quick you, you, you did yeah that was crazy. i'm not usually very good at math
1: <laughs> well i get that often too And you guys refer people or many people come to us you know and they they've already mentally checked out right and they've should have been divorced, you know, a year ago. And so in their head, they're done. Like, oh, this will take like two months. And I'm going, yeah, that's not going to take two months, no matter how well you're agreeing or you're not agreeing. And so we kind of have to pump the brakes on here. Let's get a plan because it's not going to take you two yeah. months to get divorced.
0: So I think, um, you know, if we kind of think a little bit about refinancing versus buying and selling mm-hmm. in a divorce, and if we focus a little bit on the refinancing process, a lot of times we talk to our clients about what's the best timing to start thinking about that. You know, if one person is going to keep the house and maybe that's not even our client, we want to know that person may not even qualify. So right. let's find that out. So what's the best time to get you involved in a refi? I
1: always say the sooner the better, because there's a couple things that we try to help in the process you know one is why you come to me too is that we're going to, have to pull a credit report so at least i can get the minimum get the attorneys the credit report to show what accounts you have open because a lot of times you forget you went to furniture mart 10 years ago and bought that couch or you went to home depot and took out some tile and you opened a credit account well you own that are you on that together um and now we have to figure out if that exists so you want to make sure and close those accounts but you're right we want to look at the whole scenario and find out and i'll tell you I mean, it's more than half the time people aren't going to qualify just because, you know, when they're you're cutting half of your income and you have all these same liabilities, even though you're saying, well, we're going to split them up. But at the time, we got to count all liabilities that are in your name, which... Are probably both, because your spouse, we have to tell people, unfortunately, now we gotta come up with a plan. What's the plan, and that might take three months, six months, nine months, especially if we need child support yeah. and alimony, um, <laughs> you know, to use to get qualified. And so the sooner, and a lot of clients say, well, why do I wanna refinance early? Well, as you've seen here lately with inflation, rates have increased by as much as a percent over the last six months, so, if you can get refinanced sooner than later, you're probably going to get a better interest rate. So it's better to do that sooner than later, in my opinion. Also, in, you know, whenever that divorce is finalized, then you can just be done. You don't have to go back and yes. try to dig up paperwork with your spouse, have them come back in. You know, Just the less contact, obviously, sometimes the better yeah. uh, in that relationship. So refinancing sooner and earlier is great. And, and the reason why we've got and done a lot of divorce is that we – will help clients and allow them to refinance before the divorce is finalized, where your lender will tell you, because I know 99.9% of all the lenders in town will not allow you to refinance before your divorce is finalized. And that really comes down to, because the lender is concerned about your liabilities moving forward, your, if you're paying child support or you're receiving. And we don't know what the final terms are yet, but we have lenders that will allow us to close as long as both spouses are on the same page. So. Yes. Even though you're refinancing before your divorce is finalized, you are still married. And I know people contact us and say, I'm divorced or I'm separated. I'm like, you're really not And they keep calling it
0: my ex-husband. I'm like, well, not yet.
1: (laughs) You're still married on paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, we like to get you involved in the very beginning because even if it's a contentious divorce... And our clients interested in keeping the house? I don't want to make a settlement offer saying my client's going to refinance a house and my client's not even able to refinance a house. So I want to go in knowing, you know, this is a good position that I'm making as a settlement offer. And
1: I think education is always it. The more information you have going into those discussions, the better you can benefit yourself and get things done quicker and better for yourself. But if you don't know, like you said, I have no idea if I can qualify or not. Yeah. You know, that doesn't help anything because you can't get what you need done, Tracy, for the clients and and, and get this. Divorce finalized form is what everybody's trying to accomplish
0: and I think sometimes when we have decrees that for whatever reason Sometimes we don't get to figure out what's happening with the house until the divorce is final and so we have a decree written that says My client gets to refinance the house and she has nine months to do so and then if she can't refinance it after nine months It has to sell and then they split the proceeds and here's how we figure out the proceeds and it's all this hypothetical mm-hmm. you know language and sometimes we can't always think about all the hypotheticals, right? You know, what if the house sells at a loss? What are we going to do then? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think it's just always, like you said, the education is really important.
1: Well, and I would say more than I probably say seventy percent of the people that come to me going to divorces we can't get a loan done for right then. But what makes us different is that, and I've had many divorces and judges review our plans because, as you mentioned. You know, there's always usually verbiage like you need to refinance in six months or nine months and then this is what happens. Well, if you didn't start with yes. somebody to figure out if you can actually do that, six <laughs> or nine months goes by and then you finally go apply for a loan and then you finally realize you can't do what you still need to do. Instead we can start that six or nine months in advance and say, hey, do this, 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 and this and then that way in the future you will be ready to do and qualify with what you need for. and we can put together that plan, write it out so all attorneys and all parties are aware of what the plan is and then if you don't follow the plan. There's nothing we can do about it, but at least you've been given options to what you can do.
0: And I think the other thing too, um, you know, we were talking about this before that some attorneys for whatever reason, don't care to get other professionals involved in the middle of the case. So like I'm picking up the phone, I'm calling the realtor, I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling you and just having you involved as what we can consider as a neutral person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think some cases become so litigious and contentious that they think well you're only working for my client and no really it can be beneficial to both of the spouses even if they hate each other
1: right yeah. because we also then as you mentioned professionals a lot of times i'm going to contact and speak with you and the parties and say well what's your house worth and then no one knows i'm not the professional on the value side and a lot of times we don't want to just go get a full-blown appraisal and spend six to nine hundred dollars because that's more costs that you know we don't necessarily have to have but if we can get a, a real estate professional or you know someone that a tour that knows what the value is okay now we can start i say you know eliminating variables we want to start you know we have now 20 variables that we don't know let's get that down to five and then we can start figuring out some kind of a plan and all those people working together to come up with a solution because again i don't handle the legal side but i can help with the mortgage but i don't handle the real estate side a realtor can help us get what we need to be at there too as well i think everybody should get you know more professionals involved
0: yeah and also speaking of appraisals too like it, especially if one person's going to keep the house and we're not selling it, we don't know what the true value of a house is unless it sells. Right. And so the best alternative is an appraisal typically, mm-hmm. or just a random number they pick out of the air and they agree to. That's right. fine too. Um, but in the refinance process too, we kind of get a free appraisal. Yes. Right? I mean, they're paying for it, but it hit two birds with one stone completely yeah
1: and so we sometimes start with the loan just going down that path and an appraisal can be used for four months so even if you start down the path and say we have lots of clients do that just so we can provide you guys with a number because they're not necessarily agreeing to that uh to make sure that happens and i know Tara had mentioned that, you know, some people ask, well, what goes into an appraisal or do I need to have my house like spick and span and super clean and yeah, we want it picked up, you know. I can see there's crazy pictures that we have yeah. appraisals <laughs> and that and are. And you're like, just This scary. was a divorce house <laughs>
0: and right <laughs> yeah. when they're trying to sell the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um but really, you know, you don't have to like go crazy, you know, as long as you don't have like electrical wires sticking out of the wall that are gonna electrocute you. You know, it's a safety and soundness situation of what do you need to do before an appraisal comes is you know it makes your house is kind of picked up that you know that's a big thing
0: i've had a client a couple of clients this is not unique uh where you know the appraisal has to happen for a refi or we're getting an appraisal just to figure out a value you know maybe we're (laughs) not even in a refinance and the client will say i don't really want my spouse to see the inside of the house and they're going to see the pictures in the appraisal and i'm like then a pick it up Or B, who who cares really? Mm. Like you have a pile of laundry in the corner, no one cares. cares? And there's, I think there's that mindset of, you know, I'm going through divorce and I don't want my spouse to know that I'm stressed out, you know, and that my house is messy. Yeah. So, yeah, the pictures do get it attached to the appraisal <laughs> they are going to be there
1: they will and we're immune to it we get lots of people that'll say oh you don't want to see inside my house I'm like i really don't care honestly i'm not judging i just want the numbers so we i can don't kinda... think
0: usually people even look at the pictures in the appraisal
1: oh we do my assistant loves looking at pictures she just loves dreaming you know pretty <laughs> oh, houses okay. and like you know oh, okay. what they get but not for judgment stuff. reasons no. oh god no no you know i don't have no judgment reasons but you know sometimes <laughs> i'm sure they probably do but i don't care doesn't bother unless we none.
0: need to use it against him for like custody. Like, oh, look at all those dirty right. dishes and there's roaches on the <laughs> counter. That could be helpful. I don't though. think they
1: can see pictures of roaches and little two by twos. <laughs> oh, maybe they might be big roaches. You have
0: to pinch the yeah. screen, right? <laughs> Make it. Bigger.
1: It's so blurry. You haven't seen the appraisal. They like take it like I don't know what they use, like an iPhone one or something. To take yeah. a picture. They have them cameras on iPhone ones. I don't even know.
0: Someone asked me yesterday what iPhone do you have? And I was like, mm, I think it's the 11 or the 12. And she goes, are you sure? I think it's like 18 is out now. And I was like, what? No, 18? I th- no, I think it's just, 13? maybe 13 is out. Is out? Yeah. I yeah. I think Tom out. has 13. Yeah. He just got a new But there's phone. not 18 yet. No. I don't think
1: so. She's I mean, not, give was, that
0: in like six years, right? Maybe she <laughs> They'll like, come out with 14 this year. I don't
1: know. Yeah, she might maybe 18 weeks or something maybe. I don't know.
0: All right. So then let's talk about selling and, you know, those big, the the language that is required really that needs to be in the decree when we sell. I think that's the important part to have you looped in, right?
1: When they're selling their property? Yeah. If they're going to sell
0: the house in the divorce.
1: Yeah. So obviously anything that you're writing in the contract needs to match with the underwriting rules of what we're trying to do. So if you're selling the house, yeah, you want to make sure you're having verbiage on who's getting what in that sale type of scenario, not just let's sell the house, well, where's the money go? What yeah. happens then, you know? And that's what I'm always thinking when this verbiage is getting written, even on purchase agreements, I see so much stuff to happen, it's like, okay, you left it so open-ended, well, we got to that part, now where do you go? You know, you gotta, gotta keep going down this trail to make sure everybody's covered, okay. and we see it a lot when people are either refinancing or selling, no one addresses the escrow account, and now they have a $5,000 check that's floating out there, neither one's talking to each other, and it's got both their names in the check what do you do well some people's like i'm gonna forge my ex-spouse's name well I wouldn't advise you to do that, but you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. It's not me.
0: Or just deposit the check.
1: Yeah, and then the other person, yeah, doesn't And Then even they know. find out later yeah. they have it, and then you got more people involved trying to get their money back. So
0: Yeah, and I think um, you know, sometimes we get involved on in cases after they're closed, another attorney or no attorney did the divorce, and we have a client come to us and say, Hey, uh my decree says this. Mm-hmm. And we're like, Well, first of all, who drafted the decree? Let's talk about that. And then they say, Well, we didn't have lawyers, we did it on own and they may be missing a whole host of language that is required to either give direction to the title company on where the proceeds should go and escrow funds um or how to refinance and figure out what the value is and again who's getting what equity out of the home
1: well and during discovery i see all the time that people unintentionally lie they don't disclose an old car they don't disclose an old credit account and all of a sudden like hey what who owns this thing we don't know no one addressed it in the decree like <laughs> it wasn't taken care of now you got this account that's floating out there that both parties can charge on and then all of a sudden they charge 20 grand and don't pay the bill yeah thing you know your credit's ruined because you just didn't go through and close out and had those accounts addressed that should have been written out in there and who's to do what so especially when people are purchasing we haven't talked about you know purchasing yet but that's also kind of a big challenge too is you know when people are wanting to then turn around and buy if they're still married versus them not being married and that's always uh, a challenge there because there's different laws that we have to go by again rules we don't just get to pick them i think some people think that i just like you you're mr smith and you and i know each other since (laughs) we were kids (laughs) and i'll just give you money but (laughs) unfortunately because of A lot of things especially 2008 we can't do that no more so
0: yeah what happened in 2008
1: well i mean obviously all different loans that happen anybody could get a loan you know and so because of that obviously it put us into a massive recession and so most many people lost jobs many people lost homes and the government said hey if we're going to bail out the situation we're going to create loans and i mean create laws that are going to stop these bad loans from happening so nowadays it's against the law to give a loan out On secondary market if you don't verify their income their credit and the value of their house so a lot of people might come to us especially that are self employed don't have enough income or my credits ruined because of the divorce whatever it's like unfortunately it's not my choice it's just the law says we can't do this and so if we did the law states if I give you a loan and I wasn't able to review those things and you want to sue me I have to give you a free loan and so what lender in America is gonna give Out you a of your free own pocket? Hundred percent. Yeah. So if, Whoa, yes.
0: I didn't know that. Me neither because
1: if they the law states That's if, like the
0: equivalent of getting disbarred. You, well, I mean, kind of.
1: Well, really. you, you keep know, going to like the <laughs> I just don't want to give somebody a free two hundred thousand dollar loan. Because wow. if they say, Hey, you didn't verify this and you knew I couldn't afford this house and <laughs> you didn't verify my credit or my income and you still gave me a loan. They're like, You're liable for this. You need to pay my loan off yeah. because you put me in a bad predicament, a bad place and that's all laws written, which so that's why people say, Well, why don't we do these loans before? Well, because no one wants to give somebody a five hundred thousand dollar house for free. I mean I would no I don't got right. the kind of money. I mean I mean I I would give maybe one or two people a free house. But after <laughs> that, I'd be bankrupt. I mean, yeah, I don't Yeah, Tara's raising your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not doing that.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about purchasing then, you know, in the middle of a divorce. So mm-hmm. we have the marital home and one person's going to keep that one and the other person's like, I do want to purchase a house in the middle of the divorce. Is that possible?
1: It is. But people have to get along during those scenarios because what happens is, again, it comes down to laws and rules. We don't set these, but The state mandates that if you're married, the other party has to be disclosed their interest when you're buying a house. So if you are married, you definitely can go buy another home, but we have to have the other party the other spouse, show up at closing on time to <laughs> sign the documents that acknowledge that your spouse is buying a house. And a lot of times at the beginning of the process, everybody says, yeah, my spouse will come. No big deal. We're getting along fine. And then something happens in the then middle. Then they threw him
0: under the bus in an affidavit <laughs> and they're like, no, watch this. I ain't coming to your closing tomorrow. <laughs>
1: exactly. Then all the loan officers and realtors, everybody's sitting at closing and your person doesn't show up. It's not comfortable. And so we try to, obviously, we always have that conversation at the beginning but we try to follow up throughout the process to say is everybody okay is everybody you know still on the same page and I would say there's lots of amicable divorces thankfully yes. I mean there's lots out there and it, you know because thankfully people are doing what's right for their family the definition their kids. of
0: amicable varies it but does. yeah that's subjective
1: but it's still I mean it's, you know yeah, it is subjective yeah. you're right but <laughs> you know hopefully we, we've done a lot of them that's why I can say that we've seen it because you know we do it, and it sometimes makes sense here's what makes sense that I see attorneys will refer me people because they're like hey let's get Mr misses out of the house so they'll quit fighting so we can get somewhere and so if we can get them into two separate houses maybe you know it's tough but at least if they're not there all day long fighting over something you know uh, they can actually get along when we're trying to have these conversations versus this just you know bickering for no reason so yeah
0: we often give advice like the sooner you guys separate physically probably the better your case is going to be yeah Yeah. um and then it's the question of well i don't want to leave She should leave. Well, one of you just needs to leave. (laughs) So like, take your pick.
1: Let's flip a coin.
0: Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) But we see that happen a lot. And then people say, well, you know, can I use my other spouse's income? Can I use my spouse's credit? No, if you're going to buy a house on your own, you need to qualify on your own. Well, the challenge exists sometimes. The biggest one usually we see is child support or alimony as income. You know, we can't use that till you've been receiving it either three or six months, depending on what type of loan we do. And so, but if you voluntarily start paying the child support alimony early prior to the divorce being finalized, we can use that. Um, but what happens, challenging wise though, is that if you have a loan on that other house and your name's yes. on it too, now you're trying to qualify for another house with two mortgages, mm-hmm. and that's why then we're like, okay, let's refinance in Mrs. Name, Mister, let's go buy you a house or vice versa. And so there's a plan that has to happen, you know, so we can get everybody into suitable housing arrangements basically and that's where
0: people need to be on somewhat of the same page 100 percent, yeah and there has to be some trust in that process
1: there is but we also say well i want to do this but don't tell them about this don't tell them about that and sometimes i'm like okay they'll never be able to know about that but this is going to be public and when we get to closing <coughs> they're going to see the numbers so it just depends you know uh, to have that situation
0: and i think you know as some of the verbiage that we talk about is um when a house is purchased during the divorce, so they're still married, mm-hmm. their names are both gonna be on the deed because mm-hmm. in Nebraska you have a marital interest, whether you're going through a divorce or not. And then we'll clean that up on the lawyer side yep. and file what's called a quit claim deed. Yep. And that's quit, not quick, right? <laughs> we always here, I hear the same thing I all a day quit, long. Qu- quit claim deed. There's nothing quick about it. We're quitting. We're quitting, <laughs> We're quitting everything. Quitting everybody. Yeah, yeah. So you're quitting your interest in the in the house, Um, and so I think a lot of people get freaked out by that, that, well, wait, why is my spouse, who's gonna be my ex-spouse soon, um, going on the deed, we'll clean it up, it will get
1: filed later. But what we see happen all the time too, is same thing, people call us and go, I'm gonna solve all my problems with the quick claim deed, I'm gonna sign this thing over, and I'm like, okay, quick claim deed only changes who owns the property. You still have the liability of who's obligated on the note yes. right. and that's when it happened when you bought your house five years ago together so quickly me does nothing to solve your yeah. credit liability problems and mm-hmm. we get that all the time because they jump online and all I gotta do is this and not everything solved right and we're uh, like no. Google
0: again Google, <laughs> yeah,
1: no, <laughs> it's not right
0: <laughs> yeah so well, yeah I think so um, some of the take good takeaways really and I always learn a lot with these podcasts as well but Um, some of what we already knew and is that you can refinance during the divorce process Mm -hmm. Um, you don't have to do it before you file you don't have to wait until it's over Um, you can both purchase and refinance and I think the other the other big thing too is as lawyers you know our advice is get the other professionals involved in the beginning don't be afraid it's not gonna put a wrench in anything I think that's sometimes it's either that or laziness from other lawyers Um, and Like I said, we like to get you involved in the beginning so that you can be the bad guy sometimes.
1: (laughs) Well, I always say, like you mentioned, you can do any of these things. Anything is possible, but we have to develop some kind of a plan. I can tell you every person that comes in is different and their scenarios are different. So just because somebody says, yeah, I can refinance before my divorce is finalized, we still have to qualify and go through the steps and the rules. But you're right. Don't be scared and saying somebody says you can't do something. There's possibilities that you can. We just got to work through it and we do it. Every day, all the time. Yeah. And it happens for sure. Anything
0: is possible. Mm-hmm. Is that Nike? Everything no, that's possible. just to do it. Oh, <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> well, Brent, thank you for being on the podcast. And really, I think you all should check out Brent's website. He also does a weekly live Facebook.
1: Yeah, three o'clock on Tuesdays. So that's we do a Facebook 52 live.
0: episodes a, a year. You got it. We 52 weeks.
1: Yes. There you go.
0: Um, but yeah, Brent's all about education. And I think this stuff is really important and can be confusing. And I think you do a really good job of clear it up. So thank you for being on our podcast today. This was great.
1: You got it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. All right. Thanks, Brad. You got it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Lady Lawyer League podcast and be sure to like and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. If you would like to learn more about our firm, Tower Rep Law, please visit our website at hrlawomaha.com.
1: We'll see you next week.